discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today I'm sitting down having a conversation with Chris Sheng, Managing Director of JetTech Asia Digital, a digital marketing company expert in developing and implementing digital strategies in the Chinese market. Welcome, Chris. Oh, thank you, Darren. Thank you. Thank you. Look, uh, Chris, you know, when people say the Chinese market, they immediately think of mainland China, but that's not mm. the only Chinese market, is it? No, 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 it's not. It's, uh, there are so many Chinese people, uh, for example, living in Australia. Living in Australia, we have more than a million. Uh, yes, that's right. More than a million people in Australia. And, of course, you know, the, across Asia, there's large Chinese communities in almost every uh, Asian country, you know. That's uh, right. In Malaysia, Singapore, uh, Thailand. Japan, South, uh, South, America, uh, South, South Korea and uh, Southeast Asia. There are so many Chinese, yes. And then we've got uh, large populations in Western countries. You know, there's mm. uh, Chinese communities. I know Canada is a particularly popular uh, place for uh, Chinese to uh, reside. That's right. Yes. And uh, now their um, their house, their property uh, market booming because of Chinese buyers in Canada now. Yes. Yeah. So in Canada, we- there are. In Canada, there are about like uh, over a million as well. In US, it's about uh, almost like ten, um, five to six million. Yeah. yeah. So when people are talking about the Chinese market, it's actually a global market, isn't it? Yes, I prefer ask my clients. Say, are you willing to do the Chinese like onshore Chinese in Australia or onshore Chinese in US? or Chinese in mainland China. It's quite different. And uh, the method we're using to pitch them are totally different. Yeah. And the other thing is that, and yet even though they're, you know, just dispersed and, and spread across the globe, the Chinese community, there is something that there is also in common, obviously, because, you know, it's the language and the culture is the yeah. thing that the Chinese community takes with it. That's right. We all uh, celebrate Spring Festival. Doesn't matter we are in Australia, uh, in Australia or China, and uh, we prefer speak uh, Chinese. And uh, we use WeChat. All of us use WeChat. Doesn't matter we live in Australia, China, or US, because we have friends and family in China. They can't use Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp. All of those is banned in China. So if we want to communicate with our families in China, we have to use WeChat, something like that. So for those people that don't know, how would you describe WeChat? Because it's actually quite a, as a platform, it's quite an amalgam of of many Mm. different things, isn't it? It's got various components of other sort of more common to the West social media platforms. So how would you describe it to someone that's never used WeChat? Okay. Um, WeChat is, is something like, um, mm, 
like 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 a road, like a bus, like an airplane, like the daily life you're living with, uh, for Chinese, and uh, you can uh, pay the electric bill, you can uh, charge your phone, you know, pay your phone bill, uh, you can uh, do everything roughly in WeChat. Um, night over ninety nine percent of all, all Chinese people use WeChat. Uh, and we communicate, uh, even we work in WeChat. If you do jobs, if you do business with uh, Chinese business people, uh, definitely they prefer communicate with you in WeChat rather than email. Chinese, Chinese people don't like using email. Yeah, <laughs> if you send them email, they probably just miss. But if you send them, or ask them in WeChat, they never miss. So, so it's got a uh, messaging service like uh, a WhatsApp, for instance. Mm. It also has, you know, a bit of a Facebook thing in that you can That's update right. uh, your moments. I think it's called. That's right. But uh, you've alluded to one of the what I think is the great innovations, and that is building a payment platform yes. into a yes. social media platform. What That's a brilliant right. idea! Yes, in China you can see everywhere QR code. And you can just use your WeChat to scan the QR code, make any payment. Uh, even like a breakfast uh, shop, no cash, which is clean, you know, it's uh, clean on your hand. Like our Apple Pay. Apple Pay, we can use Apple Watch to, you know, tap pay. But in China, it's like just a scan, scan QR code, make payment. Yeah. Very good. I and also, uh, is it called WeChat Pay? Because I know there's Alipay and, you know, there's, mm. there's quite a few different payment platforms in China. But I've noticed, uh, for instance, a, a few years ago, there was uh, they were launching WeChat into mm. South Africa. And I've heard recently mm. that there's uh, plans to launch it into Europe. So, you know, it, it's obviously something that's extending outside of just uh, of Ch mainland China. Yes, yes. Well, a couple of years ago, WeChat started their uh, international uh, business strategy. Um, and we, um, are, we, you know, we are an agency and we are the uh, service provider. We are one of the service provider overseas for WeChat. And we help them how our clients can connect with ads, marketing and uh, open official account, so many things. However, <laughs> I have something I want to update with you, okay? Uh, about two years ago, uh, Donald Trump uh, said something, say, oh, okay, the TikTok, the Chinese company, it's, uh, you know, affecting uh, US, uh, you know, data safety, um, which needs to ban TikTok. You know that story, right? After yeah, that, it, it got yeah. wide coverage. Got wide yeah, coverage that's right. across the globe. Yeah, that's right. So after that, WeChat actually stopped. Actually stopped international strategy from the end of last year. Yes, you know, you don't know this, right? No. 2021. Uh, it's not like stopped, but it's shrinked. It slowed down and shrank down their international strategy. However, however. For business, if you still want to uh, get benefits from WeChat or do advertising through agencies like us, we can still help you. 
Yeah. Now you you touched on TikTok. You know, it's known as yeah. uh, TikTok in the West. It's Doyen in the in China. Isn't in China, it? that's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, it's owned by ByteDance. In fact, I saw uh, only a few days ago the FCC mm. in America, the federal regulator on communications has written an open letter to both Google and uh, Apple saying uh-huh. that they want them to take um, TikTok as an app down from their stores because it collects way too much personal data. Um, That's right. And, and this is probably one of the things that uh, business people in the West mm. may be vaguely aware of but not really understanding the impact that this could have on the way they they communicate with Chinese people. Yes, yes. Well, uh, first of all, I want to say is uh, U.S. government worry too much because uh, TikTok trying Beta Dance, their mother company of uh, TikTok, trying to be a company just like uh, outside of China. So the data they collected, they um, which is matching the rules. Um, outside of China, okay, yeah. uh, they they wouldn't, they definitely wouldn't get the data get back to China, okay. And also, you mentioned the Douyin, which is a Chinese version of TikTok. Yes, in China, it collects a lot of uh, your behavior, your interest, and your actual, your real behavior and your real interest, which is like according to how many seconds, how many seconds you watch this video. If you don't like, you will scroll it. You will, you know, skip. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. So it's all the real um, your interest, and uh, according to to your uh, your decision making of each videos, they will know you more and more and more. Yeah. And this will help the business to identify the audience and push the real products in front of them. This has changed the e-commerce environment in China a lot. Of course, because the more you understand your audience, the more you're able to then customize the offering. That's right. Yes. At the right time, right place, right offer mm. to maximize yes. conversion. That's right. Yes. So now if someone say, I want to do e-commerce in China, Chris, do you have some suggestions? My suggestion is, uh, either, uh, you know, um, probably don't start 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 from uh, Taobao or Tmall. You you know Taobao. Taobao yeah, is yeah. something Taobao. like and Tmall uh, is really the branded. Yeah, the that's right. Big brand like Amazon. Yeah. That's right. So if you want to get into Taobao or Tmall, you need to spend a lot of money. You need to prepare your brand, your registered um, trademark. It takes a lot of time. Um, but I strongly recommend them to start from TikTok, uh, Douyin, Douyin in China, or Xiaohongshu, Little Red Book. There is something uh, called Little Red Book. These two platforms, we call them in Chinese, which is second class, second class e-commerce platform. So the first class e-commerce platform is Taobao, uh, Tmall. And now we have another new class e-commerce platform, which is uh, Douyin is inside of that. Yeah. So which so means they... 
Yeah. Sorry. It's interesting you say that, Chris, because, um, you know, we've seen the same trend in the West, you know, in mm. the, the original e-commerce was set up as e-commerce, you know, like Amazon. Yes. Um, That's right. E uh, eBay. Yeah, eBay or, and, and yeah, know, where it's all about products and sellers being yeah. on there and, and it being almost like a catalogue. Then mm. we've seen this transition to social media selling, I guess you'd call it, yeah. because, you know, link, um, uh, uh, Instagram have been you know, yeah. pushing this as well. But you're yeah. saying that in China, the use of Doyen and, uh, yeah. and well, and also WeChat, there's quite a few salespeople use WeChat right. as well, with millions of followers that yes. they're basically pitching to, aren't they? Yes, yes. Um, I didn't mention WeChat. Uh, uh, like uh, about a couple of minutes ago, the reason of that is WeChat uh, roughly touch everything. Yeah, <laughs> WeChat roughly touch everything. You couldn't just uh, put WeChat into specific category uh, catalog because roughly WeChat doing everything. So uh, do e-commerce, you are selling your products, or you know to recruitment and uh, you know finding leads. Everything you can use WeChat. Yeah. Now, Chris, you've uh, you've worked with you know multiple Western brands across yeah. across a lot of Western markets as well, Australia, the US, the UK, as well as China. Mm -hmm. If you're advised, and and you know brands like Flinders University, South Australian Tourism, mm -hmm. uh, Super Dry, Jacobs Creek, Michael Hill, the jewelers, you know the retailers. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes-Benz, I mean, these are some significant Western brands, aren't they? Yes, yes, yes. We're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, in that the Chinese market, the Chinese community, wherever you're targeting them, is actually often, and particularly outside of mainland China, as well as in, but outside of mainland China, is it fair to say that they're t the ones that are work living outside of China, particularly in Australia, are particularly affluent? They, they have high disposable incomes. They're a, a valuable um, a valuable audience to engage in. Definitely. They are more valuable, way more valuable than the 1.3 billion Chinese in China. There are a couple of things where I want to say. So first, each Chinese living outside of China, definitely they have more income. Their average income level is higher, and uh, their education background is higher. Uh, this is not a very important thing, but I want to mention. Okay, the second thing is they have a big amount of Chinese friends, families living in China, and they treat their, you know, this guy in Australia like a influencer if this guy say something uh good about australia they definitely trust remember what i said we we all use wechat all of us doesn't matter in australia or in china we use wechat so if i share something like moment they will see it like i share some uh, very good weather good lifestyle you know happy life in australia well the people in the other side in China, they will see it. And if I show I use some good Australian products and they want buy it. Um, about 10 years ago, or no, five years ago, 
there is a a a, a name is Daigo. Daigo, yeah. Yeah, you haven't uh, heard about that, the right? The personal yeah, shopper, the uh, person personal that uh, buys for you and then bundles it all up and sends it to you by post or delivery. Yeah. That's right. People can't understand. That's fallen why. away though a lot, hasn't it? Particularly in Australia, is already. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of those products, and I, I remember at the time, uh, milk powder was a, a that's a, right, a, a infant formula was that's a right. big uh, a big thing. A lot of the um, a lot of the uh, multivitamins and things like mm-hmm. that were were a big yeah. volume um, business for the Daigo. Yes, we call it Australian miracle. It happens to some brands like Blackmore, like Swiss, like uh, A2 milk powder, like so many milk powders, and they sell so much to Daigo. Okay, Daigo is just like a anyone. Roughly about uh, over half of Chinese in Australia, they definitely have been to one or two times Daigo, even myself. I'm not saying I'm not Daigo, but it's more like uh, my friend want me to buy something for them and send it back to China. Yeah. So I and buy part of that was them. the um, the supply chain security because, you know, there was question marks over, you know, just because, uh, say, A2 milk powder in China may yeah. not be A2 milk powder. You know, there were some questions people had about supply chain. But more importantly, it was to your point earlier that it's like getting a recommendation from a friend yes. in, in living in Australia. Living what's Australia. What's the good thing? What, what what's the I good thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's right. Like, uh, what should I buy? Or even we just buy. We just buy, uh, send it to our parents. Our parents in China, and we think, oh, uh, their joint health, you know, uh, they're getting older, they need to look after their joint health. Uh, they need to make their bones stronger, or they're, you know, will have some, uh, you know, uh, issues. Uh, take some uh, fish oil. Oh, so many things you can send it back yeah, just yeah, back to China or back to their, your, your, your family. If they like it, they will introduce to their friends. And well, it was... It was interesting, yeah. wasn't it, that the that Daigo movement actually mm. saw quite a few comp- Western companies, Australian companies, get bought by Chinese investors. You know, I mean, Blackmore's was publicly listed, so it was very difficult. But uh, I, I remember, I think it was Swiss and Nature's. Swiss is, uh, is sold to a Chinese company, I think, Chinese investors. Yeah. And, but there was yeah. a couple of them that Chinese investors came in because they saw the volumes of products being sold mm. to China, first of all through the Daigos, then through e-commerce in yeah. China. Um, mm. you know, it made sense to uh, to invest in those for uh, for benefit, yeah? Yes, yes. Now that still a lot of Chinese investors look into invest uh Australian products, Australian uh, factories, because they think Australian's product is means high quality, which is good. They just think Australian's product is high, but I think this kind of uh, you know impressions is same to Europe or to U.S. market, right? They think Australian's product is you know um, uh, nature, healthy, good quality, which is great. And I think that applies to uh, products that are 
yeah, food or health related. Yes, yes, health related. I think, food. I, I think engineering wise, you know, you probably uh, the Chinese consumer probably looks to Germany just as uh, we, uh, the Western consumer does for engineering and uh, and to uh, America for computers and technology and things. You know, it's, yes, yes, yes. That's right. For each country, you know, different inspections. Yeah. What are the things, though, that is, is, for instance, if you're an Australian business or a Western business and you wanted to target the Chinese community, whether that's in Australia or in other Western markets, what are Mm. the types of things that you would need to consider in developing a digital strategy? You've sort of touched on them, but I'm just wondering if you could pull those together as the type of advice you give your clients. Well, I want to say a couple of things. The first is, um, if you want to do uh, Chinese digital marketing, uh, let's start from uh, some test campaign. Don't just to say, okay, I want to invest a lot of money and start a very long plan. What I want to say is, we can start from a test campaign, this test campaign can just uh, test from the Chinese living in Australia. Like 1 million Chinese people. And for example, uh, if you are a, um, how to say that, uh, roller shutter, roller shutter product, good. You want to sell to Chinese people, good. And you want even like export to Chinese in, in China. Okay. Test. Test the Chinese in Australia first, do they like it? Like what kind of campaign can touch them, can convince them, can you know get their interested to to buy your product? And this wouldn't cost a lot. This roughly costs the stuff from like a couple of thousand dollars, just like a Google campaign, just like a Facebook campaign you do. Okay. If the result is good, you can consider something, you know, uh, a longer term plan. Uh, that's my suggestion. So, so start from something easy. So, Chris, you'd target that audience through, for instance, WeChat in Australia, would you? Or, or, or... Yes. Yes. So yes. the platform would become an important part of the targeting process? Of course. Well, outside of China... Outside of China, the WeChat platform roughly, um, okay, let me say this. So if you live in China, uh, around you, probably daily, you use over 20 apps. If you want to order some food, you will use specific apps. If you want to do some specific thing or, you know, uh, a taxi, make a taxi or call someone. You, you, but in but like Chinese living in Australia, if we want to do anything related to Chinese things, there is only one app, WeChat. What about Red Book? Because I've heard about Red Little Book. Red Book. Little yes. Red Book, yeah. And it's it's very popular. It is. Particularly with young people, and it seems to be very popular with young women. Why is That's that? That's right. Uh, okay. Little Red Book is similar like... Um, Similar like Pinterest plus Instagram. Do you know? Do you know Pinterest? Yeah, yeah, I know Pinterest. Yeah, you definitely are familiar a lot with Pinterest, yeah, yeah. right? 
is similar like uh, uh, Pinterest plus Instagram. So um, a lot of uh, ladies share their experience of purchasing of um, reviews on specific products, uh, which is very uh, strong. Uh, strong information for specific uh, products. And that's why more and more business trying to use KOL or KOC uh, advertising campaigns in literal books. And it performs really well. Yes. Uh, we recently used this campaign for Princess Polly. You know, Princess Polly is a, you know, a ladies um, fashion brand, quick fashion brand. It performs so good. And also we use for uh, Superdry uh, for the Tiger New Year uh, collections. Oh, it sells so much. And the ROI is over 10. Yeah. One of the things um, you're just mentioning that uh, that I'm reminded of is that in mainland China, they've created all these retail events that never existed in the West, like Singles Day, the 11th of <laughs> yes, November. Yes, double 11, 11 yeah, double 11, yeah, that's right. Double 11, yeah, and, mm -hmm. and there's others as well that have, have risen up um, in, in recent times. You know, there's like the uh, the Chinese Valentine's Day. Yeah. And, and, and that, yeah, it's almost like they're creating these opportunities for big retail sales. And it's starting mm -hmm. to... Uh, drift across outside of China into other markets. You know, I noticed Singles Day was getting uh, media coverage here on the 11th of November. Mm -hmm. um, amongst, you know, yes, amongst uh, Chinese in Australia. But, you know, it's interesting how they've been able to create uh, reasons for shopping. Well, it's, um, if I review back about 15 years ago or 10 years ago, and uh, when the double eleven started to become a shopping day, you know, like a Black Friday, yes. <laughs> in the Western cultures, like Black Friday, it was um, to me it was a very interesting process. It's hard to hard to say, but what I'm feeling is uh, in the recent twenty years, Chinese people earned more money. They have the demand of increase their uh, life quality, you know, the, the their lifestyle, increase their lifestyle, and make them uh, themselves to feel more, you know, happy and uh, happiness and something like that. They want to buy some good product. They want to uh, travel outside. They will want to see, experience different things, you know, and. Uh, so that boost the e-commerce, boosted the e-commerce have a very huge improvement. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. But and it's the just the timing. Yeah. Timing. And the yeah. other thing is the use of uh, influencers. You know, I mean, yeah. the Chinese marketing was traditionally full of, you know, celebrities and uh, mm. much like Western marketing, you know, we see Instagram influences, but it yeah. was almost taken to a whole new level for the uh, Chinese marketing, isn't it? It's it, There was, you know, personalities, actors, musicians that would be se literally selling 
millions and millions of dollars. Oh my God. That's right. They, they The number they sell in each night, it sounds crazy. <laughs> really crazy. But we are talking about a huge market. The market in China, you know, is 1.3 billion, over roughly 1.4 billion Chinese living in China. And the purchasing power is huge. If there is uh, some like uh, influencers, uh, they are very big one and they are selling some, you know, uh, popular products and with good, you know, good rates and uh, good price, good bargaining, good bargain, which increase a very big, huge. Well, sometimes it, it happens, but what my suggestion is to the overseas brand, my clients, start from small KOL, KLC. Don't go to the big one. The big one, I'm not just saying is because they are pretty expensive. It's not just because they are pretty expensive. It's also because if they represent your product and sell your product, probably the order amount will make you trouble. Yeah. There's also another group, though, that are... Not necessarily celebrities, yeah, you know, but they've become no, celebrities no, they for celebrity. their ability to sell. You know, they yeah, literally right. sit online promoting right. and selling products by trying it and, and demonstrating yeah. it and, and recommending it. That's and right. yet they're not celebrities. You know, like no. people aren't watching them because they're known for being an actor or a musician. They've just become yeah. celebrities for their ability to sell and recommend products. That's right. They are not celebrity. They are not singer. They are not dancer. They are not the traditional celebrity. No. Um, they are just uh, using the short video platform like Douyin. Or they are using, um, uh, you know, especially Douyin. <laughs> this yeah. platform creates uh, so many uh, KOL, KOC, and uh, can very good at selling. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. there's also been a bit of a crackdown, hasn't there, in China? Because you know, we've seen a lot of celebrities and, and that type of thing being called to account, often because of tax aversion. But <laughs> you know like so that. much things. <laughs> you know so much. You know, you, know, you know roughly everything about China, all right? <laughs> no, well, I'm just, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, yes. Even yes. in the West, you know, this is a problem yes. when a market is considering using a, a celebrity influencer. Mm -hmm. You need to be very careful because if something happens that they're suddenly put in a poor light because they've done something yeah. wrong, that yes. has a, a, an impact on the brand as well. That's so right. you know, choosing choosing the right uh, uh, KOL or KOC is, is very really important. important. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yes. You're not getting someone who you know could put a foot wrong with the authorities and end up yes. being you know disappearing. Let's say just that's you know. right, that's right. So uh, using well, I'm not doing advertising for myself. I'm saying using uh, agencies to do these kind of things is very important. Um, otherwise, you might face something unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. It's also, um, I think uh, you mentioned when we were talking uh, last week that, uh, you know, a lot of brands go off and set up their own, uh, you know, presence on Chinese social media, particularly WeChat. 
and that if you're using someone else to manage it for it for you, huh. it actually yeah. could be quite dangerous because uh, you know you don't necessarily own your persona online. Mm. There was an, a very uh, high-profile example you had of that. Yes, we had a. Well, that that is something very, very uh, high-profile example, which is our uh, previous uh, prime minister of Australia. What is his name? Scott Morrison. How quick? Scott Morrison. Forget. That's right, Scott Morrison. Actually, Scott Morrison to his friends. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Scott Morrison. Uh, in the beginning of 2000, 2020, in the beginning of 2020, Scott Morrison actually is very welcomed in the Chinese community in Australia. Very popular. He's very popular. And uh, he used uh, the WeChat to increase his uh, influential power Okay, in the Chinese community. And uh, he used someone living in China to set a personal WeChat official account. And legally, this account is belong to this guy living in China. And in the end of 2021, actually this guy sold this account to someone legally. And, um, you know, it's, it's caused a lot of trouble to Scott Morrison. Oh, absolutely. Imagine if yeah. he sold it to, uh, I don't know, gambler or a con yeah. artist or someone like that. So, so in other words, Scott Morrison's WeChat account mm. was not actually owned by him because the person that no. set it up owned it and they, they could legally sell that. Of course. Yes, that's right. The, everything they did is... Uh, you know, not offense the law, and you couldn't pick anything wrong from that. So that's why when you set a WeChat official account, which is the basement of WeChat marketing, which is a start point of your WeChat marketing, okay? Uh, use your Australian company entity to hold this. It's very important. This is uh, the first thing I told my clients. You know, I give you another example, okay? After Scott Morrison, these things happened. A lot of my clients, for example, South Australia Tourism Commission, SATC, South Australia Tourism Commission, they have a account belong to under a personal info, old one, about six years old. And he, they run about six years. And now they determine. Uh, they 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 decided to 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 terminate that one and uh, switch into a company uh, account. It's very important. Otherwise, you might say something. You know, unexpected again. Unexpected. No, it's really interesting because you know I think the mistake people make outside mm. of the Chinese community and the Chinese market is getting caught up in the size and the opportunity. But in actual fact, it's quite a different approach to business and you need that help navigating it, don't you? You know, it, it would be yeah. very dangerous assuming that uh, the things that work in the West would work with the Chinese community. I a bit uh, lost at this. <laughs> oh, okay. In, yeah. in that, you know, that there is quite distinct differences between the two. Yes, yes, of course, yes. Yeah. 
Um, what, uh, from your experience, what has been the sort of biggest mistakes or the biggest uh, uh, errors, yeah, mistakes that people have made when mm. they're considering marketing to the Chinese market? Well, Scott Morrison's is one of the biggest ones. <laughs> it's one of the biggest ones. And uh, so which is uh, from the beginning of their uh, Chinese marketing is already wrong. It's, uh, it's yeah. already said it wrong. So put themselves into a, you know, uncomfortable position. And uh, another thing I want to say probably is uh, um, about the Chinese digital marketing. Mm, let's start from something small. Let's test from the environment, the, the market you're familiar with, especially, for example, um, you know, Chinese around you. Yeah. If you live in Sydney, you know there are so many Chinese people around you, okay? And try to sell your product to them first and collect the feedback from them first because, as I said, they are very influential to their friends in China. Yeah. If they like your product, they will recommend your product to their friends in China. It is a very big free campaign, free advertising for your product to get into the Chinese mainland. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, great advice, you know, because the danger running into a big market, you could waste a lot of money very quickly and not really make a big impression. Yes. You start small, test, learn, understand the things that work and that those mm. things that don't. But I That's also right. love the idea of if you get it right, especially with a Chinese community outside of mainland China, there's yes. great opportunities for them to actually promote and be yes. advocates for your brand and business. That's right. They That's will so promote important. for you. Yes, yeah. they will promote for you, which is great. Look, uh, Chris, this has been a fabulous uh, conversation. I really uh, have enjoyed it. Thank you for uh, taking the time and sharing some of the insights that uh, you've gathered, uh, you know, managing uh, JetEc uh, Asia Digital. How long have you been actually in business? Uh, about, uh, about six or seven years, yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, you've certainly I, got uh, a lifetime of uh, and a wealth of uh, experience and knowledge. So uh, thank you for sharing it with us. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much, Darren. Thank you. Uh, look, I have got a final question for you before I go. Sure, sure. If you don't mind. No, it's okay. Who's your favorite uh, KOL from China? <laughs> Thank you.